In a global industry where anything can happen, where mistakes cost much more than dollars, we bring you expertise from around the world to ensure that everyone goes home safe every day. The internationally acclaimed Oil & Gas HSE podcast starts now with your host, Russell Stewart. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the OGGN HSE podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network and sponsored by Anderson Hauser, your reliable U.S. and internationally based partner for measurement instrumentation services and solutions. Anderson Hauser, the people for process automation. Check out our complete line of oil and gas podcasts by going to OGGN.com and clicking on the Find Your Podcast link. If you enjoy this podcast, and we've heard from a lot of you who do, and we appreciate it, then please tell Anderson Hauser thank you for sponsoring the show by going to our OGGN Anderson Hauser website, which you can find a link to in the show notes, and register for our monthly giveaway. Also, follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter, and that contact info you can also find in the show notes. Today, we have on the show Chris Earl, who is with Gyrodata. Chris, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, I appreciate that. Thanks for being having me here. Well, Chris, a few months ago, we had on the podcast Alan Bernard, Senior Vice President of Gyrodata, and he was talking about your GWD, which is Uncrewed Gyro While Drilling Operations. And of course, how this significantly reduces HSE risk. So what's your position and role with the company? Well, James, I'm the North American regional manager. And one of the things that I am in charge of with North America is the safety program. So oh, great. not only do I run operations, but I run the safety program for North America. And then a couple of, of other hats like we all wear in these rough times that we've been in the oil field the last couple of years. So yeah, it's not my job phrase. That doesn't go over too well anymore, does it? No, sir. Sure doesn't. Everything has to be our job. But, you know, Gyrodata is a small enough family knit, close knit company that we've always pretty much had that mentality. So. So where are you right now? I live in Houston and I work out of the Houston office. This is our corporate facility here in Houston. So North American operations and then all of the corporate support systems work out of the Houston office. Okay. All right. So today we're going to be discussing the general safety culture gyro data for all you HSE folks out there and, and what you guys are, are doing to improve safety across your company and, and all of your operations. So Chris, let's hit three or four bullet points on that. Okay. Sounds good. Well, yeah, there's a few things that we've done over the last, you know, couple of years to really improve our safety stats and culture. And one of the things I would say, James, is that the main thing that we've done is actually adopted a safety culture. You know, previously in years past, safety was always important to Jardine. It always has been one of the staples that we that we build our business on. But whenever we talked about safety in, in years past, it was always about, well, let's make sure we do our safety talks and make sure that you know, we're watching our fingers when we're wrenching things or hammering things like that. But over the last couple of years, we've really changed our mentality around that and, and adopted a true safety culture where we're looking out for everybody all the time. We've made, we've gotten rid of the stigma that comes along with calling each other out whenever we're not doing safe things and actually made that a positive. And that's gone a long way to help and improve our safety stats, specifically for North America. So that, I say, would, would probably be the biggest thing that we've done. Not only do we have safety meetings on a monthly basis where everyone goes and learns about whatever topic we have of the month, but for every single meeting that we have, whether it's a virtual meeting or an in-person meeting, we have adopted the safety moment mentality. And that really gets people to where they're thinking about safety more regularly than just one time a month when 
they have to go in and do a safety meeting or whatever else. And that's made a big change. So, you know, every time we have a meeting, you open up with a safety moment or a culture moment or whatever else. And you talk about it for a few minutes with all the team that's on the on the meeting, whether it's virtually or in person. And it just really gets everyone kind of focused in. So another part of the safety, implementing the safety. Now, let me interrupt you right there. And then also let me apologize to the audience. I'm actually having to broadcast from a from a different office it's summertime in Texas, school is out, and we got some of our employees dealing with kids and that sort of thing. So you may have heard that phone ringing in the background. You know, I'm so used to being here by myself and being in a place where the phone doesn't ring. And so I remember to, or hopefully I remember to to mute my cell phone, but I forgot about the landlines in this place. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that's all part of this new environment. You know, pre-COVID, since you're in Houston and I'm in Houston, we'd be doing this face-to-face instead of doing it over the over the internet like this. But I want to talk about the safety moments. Can you give me an example of, of that? Yeah, absolutely. A lot of times what we'll do for our safety moments is we'll take one of the observations that's been turned in either from the field staff or the office staff that we have different methods by which we turn in observations. We have a an online system. We have a physical card system that our HSSE coordinator goes and picks up weekly or whatever. But there are several different methods by way someone can turn in a HABSR observation. And so a lot of times what our, our safety moments will be will be one of these hazard observations that someone has turned in. And we'll take that and we'll expand on it. We'll ask for ideas and get the rest of the crowd that's there in those meetings kind of involved with how they think that hazard could have either negatively or positively impacted the operation and the people involved and just draw a little bit more attention to what those hazards are. One of the things that that we've started doing through this observation card system is really being able to do some trend analysis and identify some of the really small changes that we may be able to make that can have a big impact, whether it's a trip hazard or electrical hazard or, you know, just an observation hazard of someone walking through a shop area or a technical area, you know, looking at their phone rather than watching where they're walking, little things like that. And it really has made a big difference. So when you say trend analysis, you have some kind of system for putting that together or what? Yes, sir. We sure do. We have a, we have a system that we load all of our observations and all of our tangible incidents into. And so what we do is we have an HSSE coordinator per region. So we've got four regions globally, and each region has their own coordinator. And what they do is they take all these observations, they load them into the system, and we categorize them by you know, personal or employee or trip or what the hazard might be, several different ways that we can categorize these. And so once a month, we'll sit down and we'll look at these and we'll do a trend and we'll say, okay, well, last month we saw seven observation hazards where people just weren't watching where they were going while they were walking. And so that that next month, one of the safety topics that we'll have during these meetings will, will be, you know, Make sure your eyes are up whenever you're walking. Make sure you're using a handrail whenever you're using the stairs and and things like that. And, you know, that's so critical. People who listen to this podcast on a regular basis have heard my famous expression, it's too late to take swimming lessons when you're already drowning. That's what happens a lot of times when you don't develop the, the proper safety culture and you don't get 
people involved in the process, which it sounds like that's part of part of what you what you do there. But you don't want to be putting out the fire. You want to be preventing the fire before it happens. Absolutely. And that's why we think it's so key to do these trend analysis on a regular basis and identify where most of our hazards are coming from. Like I said, just a few months ago, we had a couple of observations put in and there, you know, there weren't any incidents that came out of it. We had a couple of observations put in that some of the folks in the shop weren't wearing crush resistant gloves whenever they were hammering on materials. So we saw that three or four times and we took that as an opportunity to go out and pull all the shop guys together for a quick safety moment and say, hey, you know, there's been three or four of these HABs observation cards turned in with you guys not wearing your crushed gloves. You know, we, we provide these gloves. We want you to wear them. Not only is it a policy of ours, but we want you to wear them because we don't want you to hit your finger and break it and then be out of work for three or four weeks. You know, that way you can make more money and we, we maintain our safety numbers where we need them to be as well. So those are some of the things that we identified during the trend analysis that really help us, like you said, get ahead of the curve instead of trying to put out the fires. So do you guys have a computer program for this or y'all just kind of sit down and collate them or whatever manually? Well, we have a computer program that all the data goes into and we call it our service quality management system. We also use it for our service quality system. So it serves two features, one for service quality incidents and one for HSE incidents. But what we do on the backside for the analysis is we'll actually just download that into a database and then run the analysis on that. That's usually the quickest and easiest way. And like I said, we just categorize them in seven or eight different categories and and look at the actual trend of which ones are hit, getting the most hits, which ones we need to focus on, and, and from which areas are they coming from? Are they coming from the shop area? Are they coming from the manufacturing area? Are they coming from the field? One of the main observations that we get from the field on a regular basis is just driving hazards, right? We all know that driving is one of the most dangerous things we do every day, and we've actually had a really good success with cutting down our motor vehicle incidents by just paying more attention to some driver training for our teams and our staff that are out in the field. Yeah, I wish we could get more driver training across the board. With, yeah, absolutely. With, with everybody, that would go a long way to improving traffic safety rather than what I called, well, what actually is with that, the traffic cop mentality. But then a lot of times people bring that over into their safety programs and that's that's kind of all it becomes, you know. You know, can I speed down this part of the the highway without getting caught, you know, and, and right. Uh, well, we actually we actually implemented a program about two years ago where each of our employees has to take a driver safety course once a year. That's a mandatory course. It's an eight hour course, and they go online. I mean, it's not in a classroom, obviously, with COVID and everything. The way that that's been going, everything has to be online accessible nowadays. But they go through and they take a test and they're graded on that test, and then that test and, and along with other safety stats are actually worked into their bonus structure later on in the year whenever we have opportunities to give out bonuses. Ah, there you go. Okay, so you've talked about trend analysis, you talked about driver safety, and now you're talking about incentivizing. Absolutely. And we have positive, we try to use positive incentives, right, which is the financial side. Most people come to work for for money. (laughs) So, you know, whenever we have incentive opportunities, we'll give them out usually through the financial, whether it's a $25 gift card for you know, a safe month for the team or, or whether it's, you know, a portion, you know, 10, five, 10% of, of their bonus structure at the end of the year. So. 
Now, back to this service quality management program, is that something proprietary to you guys? or It is. We actually developed that in-house. It's based off of a lot of other oil field service companies' similar programs. But yeah, it is a program that we developed in-house and proprietary to Gyre Data. Okay. All right. So you were on a roll when I interrupted you. What's your second point? Well, one of the other things I was going to talk about with the safety culture was the actual program that we just we just got done talking about. So I don't need to don't need to hit that. But but the implementation of that program and doing the trend analysis has really led to a lot better safety culture within within Gyre Data. So much to the point that actually you know North America over the last twelve months our rolling twelve month average for our safety statistics for the first time in the history of our company we've gotten to a zero recordable incident rate and a zero lost time incident rate. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Yeah, we are very, very pleased with that. And And you took that down from what? How bad had it gotten? Well, our recordable incident rate in February of 2020 was a 1.49. So we were just at the line of some of our clients not being willing to have us on location. And our lost time incident rate was about a 1.15. And you report this to the people that you work for via one of the safety companies, or how do y'all yeah, do that? Yeah, we have two primary ones that we that most of the industry utilizes: IS Networld right. and then PEC Premier. Those are the two, you know, that most of our clients anyway utilize as far as safety monitoring and training monitoring and and things like that. So we're real happy every month we have to report our numbers. Every company does for for these safety services that they provide. So, man, we were, we we're really pleased to be able to, to put that zero up there, you know, for April and, and May and, and hopefully moving forward. Oh, that's great. You definitely, these things you're doing here are definitely paying off. What else you got? Well, the other thing that we've done, you know, one of the things that we're trying, you know, there's a couple of different ways that you can get around a solution. You can either, you know, put PPE on, right, which is a solution. But one of the things that you can do to, to make your workplace safer is you engineer a solution to make yourself safer. And so we've done that with our technology, like you alluded to earlier in the podcast. So we've brought out a new technology that we launched last year that what it does is it allows us to provide our data and our services to other major service companies without having to put people physically on the rig. So that cuts down on the opportunity for your, a safety incident because the rigs are the most unsafe places of the rigs and the roads, right, that we work on. So we can actually remote monitor these tools. We can set them up remotely. We can monitor them remotely. We can troubleshoot them remotely. We've trained some of the other major service companies on how to actually operate these tools. And we've made technology that integrates with these other operators, these other service companies' tools so that they're actually operating our tool through their software that they're already used to. So that was a big step for an engineered solution to safety. Now, there are a lot of other other benefits for that, but one of the main ones is the safety by not having to have the personnel in harm's way to begin with. Well, and since it is such a safe option, the way you're doing it here, you're actually partnering with these other companies rather than, than, you know, trying to compete with them or push them out of the way. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We have kind of a niche service with Gyro Data that a lot of these bigger service companies need from time to time, not every well, but from time to time. And and so we've always been partners with them one way or the other. Actually, the the big oil field service companies are our biggest clients worldwide. 
So we've always been partners with them that way, but we don't compete with them at all. They don't have a similar technology to ours. So us being able to further integrate our technology into their systems has just gone further and further to deepen those relationships and those partnerships. So now we're back to talking about this what you guys call GWD, gyro while drilling, that's your flagship product or that's your, your main yes, operation sir. or have you added some others since I was talking to Alan? Well, the, the GWD is our flagship product and, and specifically the Quest GWD. We've had gyro while drilling technology for several years, but we've always used traditional gyros for that. What I mean by that is spinning mass sensors. Those sensors, you know, don't lend themselves to being able to be run remotely very well. Yeah, I was going to say you've had that kind of drilling, but not the remote or the uncrewed version, right? Correct. Yeah, the new technology, the new solid state technology we've come out, which is the Spear technology. It's a Spear banner brands. And then we've got the Quest GWD, which is under one of those the Spear technologies. That is really is what made us be able to do, to do more uncrewed and remote operations and drive the safety forward. Another service that we've just recently been able to offer a couple times on more of a remote basis is what we call Omega, which is our it's our solid state drop survey technology. And again, it's a it's a tool that we can program and arm here in the shop in Houston. We can ship it to location. It comes all put together. It's a very short tool, doesn't have to do much with it. The crew can actually pick it up. We can remote into their location, get a good idea of what time they're at whenever they're dropping the tool. And then whenever they get done, they send it back to us after they trip the pipe out of the hole. We download it and we present them a survey. So we've done that a couple of times. That's still in the very infant stages. These are mainly test runs, but we see that as another opportunity to really progress this uncrewed or remote operation capability to other services. Now, when you say they send it back to you, that's physically or that's over the, some kind of program or what? Physically, they would do that. Right now, today, physically, they're having to send it back to us. And once we get it back at the shop, whether it's our shop in Midland or our shop in Oklahoma or our shop here in Houston, once they get it back to the shop, they'll physically take the tool apart, download it and present a survey at that point. Wow. You guys are on a cutting edge there. Well, we're trying to be. We've always we've always likened ourselves as a technology and engineering company. So we're trying to push the envelope and get out there in front of a lot of the competition and, and also try to make a lot easier for a lot of the clients and other service companies to utilize our technology and our services and, and improve their operations and improve their safety as well. I really like that. I really like that concept. Uh, in fact, I was listening to a program where the speaker was was saying there there needs to be more coordination between companies on a variety of things, but especially from a safety point of view. We're all in this together. All of us want to see everybody come home safely, as is the theme of this show. Absolutely. And that's actually one of the last points that I was going to make about how we've, you know, kind of changed our safety program and our culture here at Gyrodata is we have started coordinating a lot with a lot of other companies. So the service companies, the big service companies that I talked about earlier that we integrate our technologies with, we had quarterly business reviews with all of those companies, and there's five or six of them now. And part of that is sharing our lessons learned on the HSE side. So not only is it with the big service companies, but we have the big international operating companies, Exxon, Shell, you know, all the big boys that we actually have gone and subscribed 
to their monthly safety newsletters. So we get safety newsletters from all these big operators every month and we go through and our HSE coordinator will go through and pick out the ones that are the more relevant topics for us and make sure that that gyre data is aware of what may be going on on some of these locations so that if we're ever put into the similar situation, we're prepared to handle it appropriately. That newsletter idea is, is a great idea. And since you said finally, Chris, I guess we're going to wind this down. And I want to thank you again for joining me and this worldwide audience. But just the ideas for those of you who are in HSE, these trend analyses, the driver safety courses, the coordination with other companies, the newsletters, those are all great ideas for you to be thinking about implementing in your company's operations to improve your general safety culture. We'll be sure to include your LinkedIn contact information and GyroData's website in the show notes so anyone listening can contact you directly for even more details. Finally, you can find in the show notes my LinkedIn contact info where you can message me. Please let me know what you are enjoying about the show and suggestions for content you might like to hear. Also, if you're looking for a speaker at your conference or meeting, and these are thankfully starting back up again, you can contact me about having someone from our OGGN Speakers Bureau, including Mark LaCour and myself. Please tune in again next week for another episode of Anderson Hauser's Oil & Gas HSE podcast. Anderson Hauser is a global leader in measurement instrumentation services and solutions for industrial process engineering. We are your people for process automation. Please leave us a review on iTunes, like us on LinkedIn, and use all of your social networking to tell your friends about us. And now here's Savannah. We'll see you next time. Hey, everybody. It's Savannah from OGGN, and here are the events on deck for June 2021. This month, we have six events, but if you'd like the full list, you can click the link in the show notes to sign up for our events newsletter. We send it out every month, and it includes more info about the events that I talk about here. We even include events that occurred two months ahead of time, so if you're interested in always staying in the loop about oil and gas events, make sure to check that out. This month, OGGN will be hosting two events. One is online and one is in person. For our online event, we're hosting a live stream titled Deal Value Creation, M&A and ONG. This is gonna be on June the 2nd. And for our in-person event, we're relaunching our happy hours. It's been far too long since we had a good happy hour, so I'm sure plenty of you will be excited to hear that our next happy hour will be at the Cannon in Houston, Texas on June 24th. At this event, you'll be able to meet some of OGGN's hosts and network with other oil and gas industry professionals, all while enjoying great food and drinks. We hope to see you there. Other than OGGN's events, we have two in-person and two online events. First up, we have our two in-person events, which are the Energy Capital Conference on June 2nd at the Omni Houston Hotel and the U.S. Police and Fire Championships from June 10th to the 21st. The Police and Fire Championships will be hosted in multiple locations, so make sure to check out our events newsletter for more information about that. Next, we have our two online events, the first being the Post-Industrial Summit Series. This event actually started on May 4th, but it'll be ending later this month on June 22nd, so there's still plenty to see. And our second online event is the Big Data Industry Summit from June 9th to 10th. If you have any questions about these events or any of our shows, make sure to reach out to me through my email in the show notes. That's all for June. I hope you guys have a great month and thanks for tuning in. Tune in next week for another engaging episode of the Oil & Gas HSE podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.